48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Officials say more than 11,000 people have signed up already for a second-generation COVID jab. The nation's latest crew of Taikonauts prepare for their mission to help complete the Tiangong space station. And an economist says the government needs to help people hit by rising transport costs and what he says are outrageous electricity hikes. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Ingrid Young, says about 11,600 people have made appointments to get the second-generation BioNTech vaccine since bookings opened yesterday. The minister, who is in charge of the city's COVID vaccination drive, noted that the new jab is only available as a fourth dose in Hong Kong for now. She says the authorities will study whether they can allow people to receive it for their second and third shots. Experts have discussed it and we adopted their views. Of course, we will monitor the situation. In fact, at present, almost 93% of the population in Hong Kong has received two shots. The percentage of the population that's triple jabbed is also high. It's reached 82%. And some have been infected after they got the third jab and they don't need another booster. So how big the demand will be and whether we can use the new jab as a third shot, we will look at how things go. The nation's space agency says its next manned mission will blast off tomorrow night with the crew of the Shenzhou 15 spacecraft heading to wrap up the last stage of construction on the Tiangong space station. The China manned space agency named Fei Jinlong, Deng Qingming and Zhang Lu as the crew for the mission. Commander Fei spoke at a press conference. 17 years ago, I became one of the crew members in Shenzhou 6 mission. I still feel very emotional about that mission. And today, once again, I have the chance to, on behalf of the nation, to join the Shenzhou 15 mission. And also, we are about to enter into the Chinese space station. I feel proud of our nation. Thank you. An economist says hikes in electricity charges are outrageous while proposed higher public transport fares will hurt, adding that the government has a responsibility to help. From January, electricity bills will be between 20 and 45 percent higher than a year earlier. Franchised bus firms are seeking a 10 to 20 percent fare hike, while a taxi trade association wants higher flagfall for urban cabs. Andy Kwan, director of the ACE Centre for Business and Economic Research, told RTHK that while fare hikes were expected, they were too high given the recession. If you really raise such a high increase in electricity price or even for the bus fares, they will increase the financial burden on the lower or middle-income households. You don't want to see that. So in this case, I think the government has the responsibility to find ways to lower such an increase. Or the government has to think about like a subsidy, some kind of public transportation subsidy, or some kind of subsidy on the electricity outlets. If you pay more on the basic outlets, and then basically other discretionary consumption will also lower. That will hurt the overall performance of the economy. Overseas, a huge landslide on the Italian island of Ischia is now known to have killed seven people. About five people are still missing after homes and vehicles were buried by a torrent of mud on Saturday. Italy's government has declared, declared a state of emergency and promised aid. Ischia is vulnerable to earthquakes and mudslides. Some residents, like Salvatore Loreni, blamed the authorities for failing to develop an adequate warning system. 
Something like this could have happened because it's a natural thing, but more attention should have been paid. Some sensors could have been installed in the mountain to warn that it was coming down. Now we have to try to restore everything like it was before, but without feeling sorry for ourselves and without waiting for outside help, because officials say they are helping, but I don't believe in their words. In an online video, the niece of Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has called on all foreign governments to cut ties with Tehran. Oh, free people, be with us and support us so that your government stops supporting this murderous and child-killing regime. This regime is not even loyal to any of its own religious principles and does not know any laws or rules except force and maintaining power in any way possible. Activists say she was arrested in January and is being held in Tehran's notorious Evin prison. Her brother, an activist based in France, posted the video. Anti-government protests have swept across Iran for more than two months. The protests were sparked by the death of Masa Amini in police custody. The authorities in Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, say they are close to restoring power and water supplies in the city. Millions of people are struggling to cope with freezing weather as Russia continues its attacks on the country's energy infrastructure. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, said he expected new missile strikes in the coming week. He warned they would be as challenging as those which caused power cuts across the country. We understand that the terrorists are planning new strikes. We know this for a fact. And as long as they have missiles, unfortunately, they will not calm down. But we can help each other, and we can take care of those in the most difficult situations. The elderly, families with children, those who lost their homes and relatives due to war. Our mutual assistance is our protection against terror, and it is our strength. Ukraine's Prosecutor General Andriy Kostin says Russia is trying to make life impossible for Ukrainians. He told the BBC his office had registered thousands of cases of what he described as war crimes since the attack on his country. The situation is more difficult in Kherson region because it's shelled and many of the premises, the territory of Kherson city is still mined. Uh, of course, our prosecutors, investigators, police officers are on the ground from the very first day. So when the territory was liberated, our prosecutors and investigators immediately start their work. And of course, uh, we have uh, found the same evidences of war crimes committed by Russia on that territory. Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, has joined more than 100,000 of his supporters in a rally in the Mexican capital amid criticism over proposed changes to the country's electoral system. Mr López Obrador is marking four years in office. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. The Mexican president has reaffirmed that he won't attempt to change the constitution in order to run for re-election in 2024. But the opposition says he's trying to strengthen his grip on power to secure the victory of his chosen successor. Two weeks ago, thousands of opponents of Mr. López Obrador rallied in the center of Mexico City to express their concern over plans to change the way members of the Electoral Commission are chosen. They say plans to have them elected rather than selected by Congress will undermine the democratic process. 
Pope Francis has spoken about his worries of increased violence between Israelis and Palestinians. Addressing crowds in St. Peter's Square in Rome, he highlighted last Wednesday's bomb attacks in Jerusalem that killed an Israeli teenager and the death of a Palestinian boy on the same day on the occupied West Bank. The pontiff said the violence was killing the future for children in both communities. I am following with concern the increase in violence and clashes that for months now have been happening in the state of Palestine and that of Israel. Violence kills the future, interrupting the lives of the youngest and weakening the hopes for peace. Let us pray for these young people who died and for their families, especially for their mothers. I hope that Israeli and Palestinian authorities take the search for dialogue to heart in a greater way, building reciprocal trust, without which there will never be a solution for peace in the Holy Land. A cast of what's believed to be the largest animal ever to walk the earth is scheduled to go on display at a museum in London. The dinosaur, known as Patagotitan, measured more than 35 metres from nose to tail and weighed an, ex an estimated 60 or 70 tonnes, more than five London buses. Dr Paul Barrett is a paleontologist at the Natural History Museum. What we're looking at here is a group of dinosaurs called the sauropod dinosaurs. And these are the animals that reach the largest body sizes of any animals that have ever lived on land. They're really familiar animals. You'll all know what one looks like. They have a huge barrel-shaped body propped up by four sturdy pillar-like legs. And sticking out the front is a very long snake-like neck and at the back an equally long tail. And these animals can reach up to about... 35 metres in length, and Patagotitan is one of the contenders for largest dinosaur of all. Turning to sport, and we start with the FIFA World Cup in Qatar and the only match between two former champions in the group stage. With Costa Rica's surprise win earlier, Group E remains wide open in the battle for a place in the last 16 after a one-all draw between Spain and Germany. Here's the BBC's John Bennett. Sub Nicholas Fulkrug was the Germany hero as they bravely fought back from a goal down. The Werder Bremen striker's fine turn and finish with seven minutes to go after a Jamal Musiala assist gave Hansi Flick's side a deserved point. After chances for both sides, Alvaro Morata had given Spain the lead on 62 minutes as he attacked to the near post and got in ahead of Nicholas Schuler to flick Jordi Alba's low cross past Manuel Neuer. The Germans responded though and could have won it in injury time when Leroy Zane wasted a good opportunity, but they have a point on the board and Group E goes down to the wire with all four teams still able to go through. Costa Rica opened up Group E by beating Japan 1-0, a remarkable turnaround following a 7-0 defeat to Spain in their opener. Croatia came from a goal down to beat Canada 4-1 in Group F, a result that takes the 2026 co-hosts out of contention. The BBC's Maz Faruqi was watching. The Canada boss John Herdman had called for new Canada, a different mindset from his players ahead of the match against Croatia after they were unlucky to be beaten by Belgium and it started so positively for them. Alfonso Davies' bullet header in the second minute sparking wild celebrations as he and the team marked what was the first goal scored by Canada's men at a World Cup. But Croatia's midfield trio of Brozovic, Kovacic and captain Luka Modric worked their side back into the game. There were two goals either side of half-time for Andre Kamaric, another before the break for Marco Livaya, and then a fourth for substitute Lovro Maia in injury time. Their first win at this World Cup then puts Croatia top of the group and only needing a draw against Belgium on Thursday to progress. Canada are going home. 
Also in Group F, Morocco caused a shock by beating Belgium 2-0. Brazil will go for a second win tonight when they take on Switzerland, who also won their opening match. But Brazil will be without their captain Neymar, who's been ruled out with an ankle injury. In the same group, Serbia face Cameroon. Portugal can qualify from Group H with a win over Uruguay and South Korea face Ghana. To the NFL and in week 12 of the season, the Kansas City Chiefs extended their winning streak to five games with a 26-10 victory over the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. The 9-2 Chiefs have the best record in the AFC. The Philadelphia Eagles continue to lead the way in the NFC thanks to a 42-33 victory over the Green Bay Packers, which takes them to 10-1. The Minnesota Vikings improved to 9-2 after beating the New England Patriots 33-26. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went down 23-17 to the Cleveland Browns in overtime. Tampa remained top of the NFC South despite their record now dropping below 500-5-6. In tennis, Canada are winners of the Men's Davis Cup for the first time. They beat Australia 2-0 in last night's finals in Malaga, thanks to wins for Felix Alga-Alassimi and Denis Shapovalov. The BBC's Russell Fuller says it's been a rapid rise in the sport for Canada. They only reached their first final in 2019, but it's no surprise this recent success as they have two fine young players in Ogier Aliassime and Shapovalov, who also won the Junior Davis Cup for Canada. Ogier Aliassime at six, the highest ranked player in the singles to be competing in this final eight competition in Malaga, and Shapovalov at 18 in the world, giving Canada the strength in depth they required to be crowned Davis Cup champions for the first time. Finally, archaeologists in Britain say they've uncovered a treasure trove at the site of an ancient Roman villa complex in central England. The site was found under a farmer's field during the first coronavirus lockdown in 2020. Initial digging last year revealed a unique mosaic depicting a scene from the Iliad, an ancient Greek poem. More details from the BBC's Phil Mackey. When they looked at the surveys they carried out last year, they realised that the whole field where the mosaic had been uncovered contained much, much more. So this year they were back digging. They uncovered a completely new building, which they described as a kind of 5th century barn conversion, which another family would have lived close to the main house, but lots of other artefacts. Its location remains a secret to prevent anybody going there and trying to steal anything. And there are no plans in the future to uncover it again. And the weather, sunny periods in the afternoon, mainly cloudy and misty tonight, moderate southeasterly winds. The outlook, mainly fine tomorrow, rather warm during the day. Winds will strengthen from the north and temperatures will fall during the day on Wednesday. Temperatures will fall to about 13 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. The temperature now is 28 degrees, relative humidity 79%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Officials say more than 11,000 people have signed up already for a second-generation COVID jab. The nation's latest crew of Taikonauts prepare for their mission to help complete the Tiangong space station. And an economist says the government needs to help people hit by rising transport costs and what he says are outrageous electricity hikes. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. If someone told me that the world would end tonight You could take all that I got for once I wouldn't start a fight You could have my liquor, take my dinner, take my fun My birthday cake, my soul, my dog, take everything I love But oh, one thing I'm never gonna do Is throw away my dancing shoes And oh, Lord, don't try me really, not tonight 
Department is holding the Travel Characteristics Survey 2022 from September to December. Those selected will receive a letter and can respond via online questionnaire, telephone interview, or face-to-face -face interview. Survey officers will wear a uniform and carry name tags for face-to-face -face interviews. All information collected will be kept confidential. Take part and help enhance the commuting experience. For inquiries, call 3900-1100. Working in care services in the social welfare sector provides career opportunities for young people. You can learn new things like care skills at work and providing services for the elderly and persons with disabilities is both meaningful and fulfilling. For inquiries about care services careers in the welfare sector, please call the Social Welfare Department on 2892-5560. Look to the future 